The Bucks secure back-to-back wins at home without Giannis, and this time it comes over the Toronto Raptors in another wild, wild game. It had everything. Drew Holiday continued to go off. Brooke Lopez was ejected. I'm not sure if Frank has the stats, if this is the first time he's been ejected, but it was a soft ejection as well. And in the end, the Bucks came up with the plays they needed, although, again, it wasn't the perfect performance, but uh, we'll take this. This was a fun one. It's always nice to beat the Raptors. Let's get into it. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that's brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online where the game starts. And of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single weekday. And we're going live right now, and this is. We have not had a live podcast where the players are probably still not even off the court. We've got straight into the stream, and this was a crazy finish to this game. And I wasn't 100% sure which way it was going to go for the most part, Frank. But, you know, I don't know where you want to start, but we spoke about Drew Holiday a lot in this game last night. He delivered again 35 points yesterday against Indiana. He had 37 points tonight. He adds the seven assists as well. And it's just interesting to think back to that game against New York where he was not shooting the ball well. And he came up with those clutch shots late in the game. In the last five games after that, he's getting you 28 a night and the eight assists. Some of his defensive plays tonight were outrageous, particularly late in this game. Drew Holiday has stepped up because four of those five games have come without Giannis in the lineup. Yeah, and I mean, the Moggy Bucks score 130-plus in two straight games without those two guys. I mean, just think about how bad this offense has been for the majority of this season. And uh, obviously, the last couple of games – especially, but, but more so Drew's been the engine here um, for the past week or so. But I mean, he was just incredible tonight. The shot making, um, you know, the step backs five out of 10 from three, uh, you know, just the craft to get to the basket. I, I, I tweeted about this. There was a Bucks had a video of it, but like in the first quarter, he just had these plays where he just sort of like, it, it, one was against Siakam, one was against Ananobi. These are like two like phenomenal defenders, big guys, strong guys, defensive guys. Ananobi, you know, defensive player of the year candidate. And Drew just sort of like rope-a-dopes, strength, <laughs> hesitation. Just next thing you know, he's got literally the guy under the rim, like practically on the baseline. And Drew has to like reach back with his left hand because he's like, he's under the basket. <laughs> it's, such a, yeah. it's such a funny way to, to create shots in the rim for yourself. Um, but he's, you know, he's just been the best version of Drew Holiday uh, here for the past week or so, especially in the last 24 hours. And absolutely needed um, another monster performance from him today. They needed him yesterday to, you know, kind of lead that comeback and, and beat the Pacers. And tonight, I mean, it, it never felt like kind of like that Pacer game because the Bucks actually had a 10 point lead in the first quarter. They scored 44 points. You know, they're making a bunch of threes, but it did feel like, especially, you know, at halftime. Oh, my, my, 
my phone is, is, is talking about Pacers games. My watch, <laughs> sorry. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it didn't feel like quite like the Pacer game because the Pacer game felt like they were behind, behind, behind. They really mm-hmm. had a fight to come back. This game was different. It felt like the Bucks, you know, were out in front for a large stretch. Um, but there was that period, you know, second quarter where it felt like, oh, man, this game's getting away. You know, Fred Van Vliet, again, the other team's token smallest player, following the footsteps of, uh, of Gabe Vincent and, and TJ McConnell. Of course, you know, he had to go off for, what, 39? Did he have almost 40? Um, but thankfully they withstood another tiny guard explosion and, um, you know, no shortage of guys that were making shots again for the Bucks. You know, Hey, all the Bucks have to do is, is shoot 50% from three on really high volumes with the honest side and they can win. They can win these games. No problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but again, three point shooting was again, awesome night. What were they I think 19 of 39 from three? Um, unfortunately Toronto 13 of 35, they started pretty well. Um, and it felt like again, you know, Toronto 20 offensive rebounds, um, they only had nine turnovers to Toronto, but Bucks only 11. So normally the turnovers, you know, we saw last game between these teams was a huge problem for the Bucks. They did a better job tonight and they just overwhelmed the Raptors with that three point shooting. And again, between Drew Holiday and a huge night from Grayson Allen, right? We, we kind of feel like Grayson Allen, a guy that has been the, the, the target of a lot of complaints, especially in the month of December. Um, he's been, definitely trending upward in terms of his play of late and tonight. I mean, they needed a big game from him and um, you know, he absolutely delivered it. 25 points. What was he eight for 13 from the field, four or five from three, five, five for three throw line. Um, so super efficient, 25 points from him. And, you know, again, and Joe Ingles, your boy came Joe Ingles, 15 points, four out of five, five minutes and 30 seconds into the podcast. We finally get to the main point of this game. <laughs> Six rebounds, eight assists. And I thought the most important thing was Joe Ingles making defensive plays late in this yeah. ball game. Yeah. You know, when they were struggling to contain Van Vliet, Joe got switched onto Van Vliet. And was it even a switch or was it intent? I don't know. It may, it may have actually been intentional. I think they were because mm-hmm. Van Vliet was like just going through Bobby Portis repeatedly, repeatedly. And I don't know what putting Joe on Van Vliet necessarily accomplishes <laughs> in terms of the man defense, right? But, um, but he, he kind of, I think, kind of knocked the ball away a little bit and it was late in the clock and basically just survived for like five seconds and forced Van Vliet to throw up like a complete prayer of a shot. And then Van Vliet, a couple of possessions later, dribbling to attack and Ingles slaps the ball and Van Vliet then like kind of loses it and then goes up and shoots it off the bottom of the backboard for a turnover. So, or I guess it may have been a shot, but effectively a turnover. So huge play there. And then, I mean, how about late in this game, the Raptors, what was, I don't know if it was like a minute left or so, maybe less than that. Scotty Barnes gets the ball and he's like bouncing on the left wing. He's got Joe Ingles on him, right? Like you would think like, Oh, Scotty Barnes, you got to be able to take it at Joe Ingles. Scotty Barnes fears Joe Ingles defense knows he can't get anything on Joe Ingles. Uh, and he's just got to bounce around, bounce around. And then I think they threw it eventually to Ananobi who I believe was posting up Connaughton and Pat kind of held his ground. And Ananobi, I think airballed like a two foot, uh, like a two foot, like it was long enough, like probably like an eight foot little, uh, turn around in the lane. So, um, so yeah, I mean, again, it's all hands on deck when you've only got one of the big three. And fortunately, that one of the big three was enormous and drew and you got some really big contributions from other guys, which papered over, obviously, some defensive issues that uh, really became obviously a bigger concern over the last six minutes because, oh, as if we needed more drama, Brooke Lopez his first ejection in 912 NBA games. Rolo has been ejected 11 times. Kane, you even had a, an over-under 
a number yeah. of Rolo ejections when we did over-unders in the 1920 season when Rolo was in Milwaukee. That's how much Rolo gets ejected. He does his like comical, like it almost seems like a bit when he gets ejected usually. But Brooke, the cooler head of the two brothers, never ejected before, but in this game, pretty weird, pretty weird not. And he did, let's be honest, he really didn't get his money's worth um, on that ejection. He did get to take off Gary Trent's headband after Gary Trent locked him up and was holding him. But uh, generally, I don't know, kind of a much ado about nothing uh, ejection. But thankfully, Bucks survived those last six minutes without their defensive anchor. And, you know, second time now in a couple of weeks that we see them win two games on a back-to-back with the second night coming against Toronto. And they now move to five and one on the second night of back-to-backs. And a number of those wins have come without Giannis. So, um, again, if they had lost, they would have been tied for fifth <laughs> or fourth or fifth in the East. I think they would have been tied with dropped to, to fifth or tied fourth, fifth with Cleveland. Instead, um, they're, I think, I don't know what, I don't know what Brooklyn, look up what Brooklyn did, but basically they're like right there for the second seat again is, as again, just the, the count, the, uh, standings are extremely congested and any win you can scratch together in a scenario like this, where you're missing your two all-stars and you're hoping you can basically get to, to this three-day break here to Saturday, um, is, uh, is gold. And yeah, I mean, a fun game and more, more importantly, a, a winning one. The Nets currently down to the Spurs by six points late in the fourth quarter, so they might lose there. And as we discussed, this is a perfect opportunity to try and take advantage of that um, Kevin Durant injury, even though the Bucks have been shorthanded. One thing that is kind of a, a funny look on the box score here. Now, you spoke about Van Fleet. Yeah, he was going off. Even Brian Anderson on the TNT broadcast was talking about how the little guys have been torching the Bucks. He mentioned McConnell. He mentioned Gabe Vincent. But... Van Fleet in his 37 minutes is a minus 23 in this game for his 39 points. And Drew Holiday for his 37 points is a plus 22. It's kind of wild to see those two guys that played major, major minutes and both have huge contributions from a scoring perspective um, have such a wide uh, discrepancy there in, in the plus minus. But um, yeah, Holiday was awesome. We had a, a comment in the stream about Joe Ingles just taking some of those inbound passes as well. I must admit, I always do have, and I think I've mentioned it before, but I do have a level of uh, confidence when Joe is on the out of bounds compared to some of the other players. And we've seen the Bucs uh, had some struggles there as well. Frank, I know you're not hanging around for a long time, but we can keep going through this. Maybe get into the Brook Lopez ejection because before that, he was huge in this game. I know you were tweeting about particular lineups. So I want to ask you about that after I talk about Rocket Money. Uh, because if your New Year's goals are to manage your budget better and save money, you need Rocket Money. Uh, Rocket Money, formerly known as True Bill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about, uh, like a potential streaming service. I'm in that boat that uh, I watch one show and then I just keep the subscription for years for some reason, like an absolute moron. So that's where Rocket Money uh, can come in and help you. Over 3 million people use Rocket Money saving the average person up to 720 bucks a year. So definitely check it out. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel those unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. Rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. So, Frank, there's been lots of jokes about the 6'9 Raptors. And I don't know how many accounts you follow that 
uh, fans of the Raptors or cover the Raptors, but there has been a growing frustration with this roster, the lack of size, the lack of ability to to defend. Even Nick Nurse has got his haters out there right now, which is uh, quite a, an interesting phenomenon. But Brooke Lopez tonight, uh, he had the 19 points. Now, a few of them were just shooting those threes. Um, but the Bucks did have a major size advantage in this matchup. And yet, when you look at the offensive rebounds, that was what kept the Raptors in this game. And the offensive rebounds were 20 to 6. So what did you just think of the size and the different lineups they went to? Because I know particularly in the second quarter, and the Bucks were playing some of these lineups that, I don't know, it just feels like just feels like there could be different combinations out there. And for the second game in a row, it wasn't Wes Matthews in that this time, but for the second game in a row, we've seen more optimized lineups in the second half that potentially put you in a better position to succeed defensively. Yeah, I mean, look, again, I've I've made my comments. Uh, I don't know if they're apologizing to AJ Green for my early season skepticism, but um, AJ Green's had about as good a season as he possibly can have. He's shooting the ball extremely well from three, you know, he, he, he is in the right places on defense. Jordan Wara has had a, at least he's been good the last two games, still a disappointment for the year, but I know I kind of kill Jordan Wara a lot and I don't feel good doing that, but I, I just don't get it. Like, like Wara and, and green, those guys giving you big minutes off the bench. Green only played six minutes in the first half, didn't play in the second, but Wara played 19 minutes, only one out of five shooting tonight. And again, it's just like, man, without Giannis, you're having to play these Bobby Portis only big lineups, which is, tough to do and you've got all these like guys who are you know have some limitations defensively like what what is with bud like it's like we you know there's always a thing about like oh bud doesn't like you know young guys or bug doesn't like guys that don't defend well he's playing two young guys who can't play defense and the other ironic part is like bud's never going to play these guys in the playoffs there's there's no like developmental like story here like again i i don't i don't really get the obsession of of trying to to get these guys maybe with war obviously it's like hey if you're trying to showcase from a trade throw him a little bone after he'd been sitting on the bench for a while like I, I i can get that to an extent but you know people who are frustrated with marjan bochamp not playing i totally get it i said the other night he stunk in miami look it was true he wasn't good didn't score a point oh for seven in 26 minutes over two games but especially in a game like this where the bucks are clearly at an athleticism deficit and you're stacking these bench lineups with like AJ Green and, you know, Grayson, I think, works hard defensively, but he's small too, right? Um, you're putting all these, like I was joking, right? You, you know, the, my joke was, you know, the Raptors are kind of going, Nurse has his 6'8 guys that can't score a lineup, and the Bucs have their 6'4 white guys with, with Bobby Portis that can't defend lineup. And it's just like, it just seems very bizarre to me that Bud is really seeming to, to go with this and giving this sort of the benefit of the doubt when, especially when he's got a guy like Bochamp, who's like the only young guy on this team that actually has like a future here. And he's the one who isn't playing at all lately. So I, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm, and I'm not saying like, you know, Marjan needs to play 20 minutes every night, regardless of how bad he is. Um, but I don't know. It's just like from a matchup perspective, Bochamp I thought was good in the previous Toronto matchup. And I, I mean, again, like we saw yesterday, you know, Wes in particular gave them a nice little quick shot in the arm defensively. So it just feels like, man, I mean, you don't, you don't have to play Wes, but I don't know. Just it's just strange to me. Unless it's just purely like a hey, you got to play Jordan so we can showcase him a little bit, so we can resuscitate his trade value. If not for that, I just don't really get the. I don't want to call it obsession, but 
uh, it just, you know, it just seems like the minutes sometimes are like a complete random number generator with some of the bench guys. And, um, anyway, so I don't want to complain too much on it. The Bucks lost, but, um, you know, again, I think they won in spite of those guys playing tonight. We'll see, you know, we'll see if that means that, that Marjon gets, gets a run this next game or, or how, how it is, but, um, but free Marjon Bochamp. Let's, let's throw Marjon a bone. All right. I'm not, I'm not like the, again, I'm, I'm not the most aggressive, like, you know, play the rookies all the time and, you know, it doesn't matter if they're good or not. You got to develop them, but um, you're trying to win games. But I don't, I don't think playing Wara and and AJ Green is like, you know, oh, that's like the win now move. It's like, I don't know what it is. And and with that, you- I have to go read. I have to go read. I have to go read bedtime to to a four year old child. But I'm gonna, I'll walk with, I'll walk with you, can as I say, say my good night for the evening. But um, anyway, not to not to leave on a downer. But um, but yeah, we got we got to we got to complain about it a little bit. We're Bucks fans. Got to complain a little bit when when you get Quick, these two. I need nice one ones. last take. I need one last take before you go. All right. Are, are you a believer in the War showcase? Trade showcase. I'm talking about maybe today. maybe a, maybe a, maybe a little bit. But um, I also Brian Anderson was calling him Nora, and even yeah. said that Billy Kennedy got yeah. it wrong when he when he called him Wara at the score sale. I was like, Brian Anderson, come on, read read the pronunciation guide, man. Justice for Billy Kennedy. Come on. Um anyway, but uh I don't know. Does does playing Jordan Wara make him a more attractive trade asset? At least he's scoring, but um I don't know. I don't know. The second year of that deal, let's just say is he'd be more valuable as an expiring contract, but it is what it is. All right. I got to read some some story time. See you guys. Frank, it's a pleasure. All right. We're going to keep going here on this podcast, though. Don't you worry about that. I've got more to come, particularly some quotes from Bud uh, about Marjon Bochamp, because I think that it's fascinating to see uh, why he hasn't played these last two games and, as Frank was talking about, where the minutes lie for him. Before we do that, let's talk about betonline.net, which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball uh, and the World Cup. They've got it all at betonline.net. If you love your sports podcast, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Uh, last time I checked, Giannis was at fourth in the MVP voting there at betonline.net. Uh, not playing these four games uh, might not exactly uh, help his cause there, but uh, I think we... Certainly me. Anyway, I'm happy for Giannis to have a couple of nights off here. He's been carrying an exorbitant load so far this season. But uh, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, I wanted to bring up a quote here from Mike Budenholzer prior to this game. Now, by the way, Mike Budenholzer could barely talk uh, during this game. He was out there sounding, sounding like a mix of Doc Rivers and Tom Thibodeau uh, out there tonight. His voice was absolutely shot. But here's a, a quote from Eric Name. I pulled it up on the screen. So Eric asked Bud, why didn't he play last night against the Pacers? What went into that decision? Bud says, it's always hard. It's one of the beauties of the depth of our roster. We've got a lot of guys that we feel like can help us. He's had a lot of great stretches a lot of great play, but sometimes you give other guys a shot or there's something that the game needs. There's just lots of things. It's not just one thing, but a lot of confidence in him. He's been great. He's been ready to go. Then Eric Name asks, we talk about minutes 
slash game management with Wes Matthews and George Hill? Do you do something similar with rookies who haven't gone through an 82-game schedule before? Bud says, I don't know if we've had rookies that have played huge minutes. I think there's a real concerted effort sometimes with young players, not just rookies, that it's a different kind of management. Maybe they need to focus on their bodies and working and the weight uh, room and not just growing on the court, but growing in other ways. So that's in our mind. That's a different type of management. But it falls into managing their careers, managing their bodies, helping them be their best. But in the typical sense of what I think most people think of management, minutes, and the rookie season, I don't know that we've had anybody that falls into that category. So I, I found it really fascinating because I always say this. Look, we don't know other things that are going on. And we saw... Yeah, particularly with George Hill, who's played a little bit here in the last stretch. And George was out there for 14 minutes tonight, uh, had the five points, didn't have a big impact. I thought he was pretty good against Indiana. But with Bochamp, he had the illness and then he spent a stretch off the court. I just threw up the potential idea of Jordan Warren getting some minutes here with the trade deadline around two and a half weeks away. Uh, Bochamp did have a really rough couple of games in Miami. Was he hitting the wall from a fatigue point of view? And they're like, okay, we're going to get you in the weight room. He worked out with the Wisconsin herd with Chris Middleton today. So are there all these factors that ultimately we don't know? Overall, I absolutely agree with Frank. If you're going to give AJ Green minutes, who is effectively is playing the same position as Bochamp, yes, AJ Green is a better shooter. But I think big picture and looking at the at the long take with this, Bochamp projects, we hope, as a player that can contribute more to this team moving forward in the future. So I would prefer if Marja Bochamp was getting those minutes. But we'll see what it looks like in the next couple of weeks here, and particularly uh, when we get past the trade deadline and see who's actually still here uh, on this roster. But back-to-back DMPs for Bochamp, which is interesting because he's been one of the first guys off the bench uh, here in the last little stretch. Now, overall, we've got a few people commenting including Jacob, who says the Bucs never won games without Giannis or Middleton in the past. And it's a good point. And that's why the contributions of Drew Holiday and particularly Grayson Allen. And Frank spoke about Grayson a little bit. I know that there's going to be a push that this is a great game for Grayson Allen to boost his trade value or that type of thing. I just want to appreciate Grayson Allen for what he was able to do tonight uh, with his ability to shoot the three, four for five from the outside, particularly in that third quarter. And he even had a couple of finishes around the basket, including a really athletic uh, finish there at one point in time. So huge game for Grayson. Is there other impacts of him playing so well, potentially? But I thought it was big. And I didn't get a chance to talk about this ejection with Brooke Lopez. Now, I tweeted when this incident happened, and I said, if Brooke Lopez was tangled up with Gary Trent Jr., they get to the, the front row of the seats. Who cares? We've seen this a lot. Lopez rips off the headband and then nothing happens. There's just a little bit of push and shove. Literally nothing happens after that. There's there's nothing untoward. There's no fist thrown. There's no crazy behavior going on from those guys. I just cannot believe, first of all, that the review took that long. And then the result of that was to give to Brooke Lopez two techs. What was the second tech actually for? I'm not 100%. Certain, but at the time, it did look like it was going to cost the Bucks uh, with only around five minutes to go, and they needed uh, that size. And as I said, Brooke Lopez, who was having a big night, albeit an interesting line with the 19 points and only the one rebound uh, for Brooke Lopez in this game. But the Bucks needed this. They needed to pick up a win, two and two over the last four without Giannis. And the good news 
if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, is the San Antonio Spurs are leading the Brooklyn Nets 103 uh, to 96 at this point in time. So one question I've got, and this is going to be a conversation that we're going to continue to have over the next couple of weeks as we lead into the February 9 trade deadline. Sham Sharania with The Athletic today did mention that Bojan Bogdanovic with the Detroit Pistons, the Bucks are at least inquiring. The Bucks are at least interested in Bogdanovich. Now, we have seen over this last little stretch, the Bucks' three-point percentage has started to tick upwards. You would love to see Bobby Porter start to knock down some threes. He was 0 for 4 again tonight. But Bojan Bogdanovich, is this the guy, or how do the Bucks get themselves involved in a trade for Bogdanovich? Because... We discussed it on the trade podcast a couple of weeks ago. You can find it on the Lockdown Bucks feed if you haven't found that podcast or listened to that podcast yet. But the question that I'm going to continue to have, and make sure you let me know what you feel in the YouTube comments, the Bucks have a 2029 first-round draft pick. If they want to go all-in this year, and I, it seems positive that Chris Milton is going to return at some point in the future, we are hoping that on Saturday against the Cleveland Cavaliers for the first time. For the first time, you see Giannis, Chris Milton, Drew Holiday, and Joe Ingles, of course, in the lineup. Those four together, we just haven't seen that at all this season, and it would be fun. But if there's some uncertainty about Chris Milton, do we think this Bucks team can win a title without Chris? I don't know. I don't think so. Not without Chris being at the level he was at during the playoff run in 2021. I don't think so. So would that be some insurance there? Maybe. We saw the Bucks essentially go for an insurance trade last year when they traded Dante DiVincenzo for Serge Barker. That didn't work out. 2029 is a long, long way away. We don't know what this team is going to look like then. They could be awful. And if you're giving away a pick, you would probably have to say, hey, we, we might not have Giannis at that point in time in 2029. Have our unprotected pick. This could be a top... 10 pick. It is a huge risk. It depends how much panic there is within the Bucks organization, whether they believe that this is the year that they have to strike. We expect that things are going to potentially change in the offseason. There's some big decisions to be made. I am fascinated to see what happens at the trade deadline with this Bucks team. I don't know where I stand. I, I would love to see the Bucks make a, a difference maker of a trade at this trade deadline and go all in to win the title this year. But I also would be terrified at the idea of trading that pick because, again, we don't know where the Bucks are going to be at that point in time. So we're going to keep talking about uh, trades as the trade deadline nears on February 9. But now that Frank's gone, let's have some Joe Ingles propaganda. So I, I tweeted these stats out, but he played 31 minutes tonight. He had the 15 points, the eight assists, the six rebounds as well, and no turnovers, eight assists, no turnovers. And I think I've said it before, in some ways, it's a little bit scary that his facilitation has made such a big difference straight away. Now, of course, they're missing Chris Milton, arguably the best uh, passer on this team. Yeah, maybe non Giannis passer. But uh, Joe Ingles is 35. He's come back from an ACL. I didn't expect him to play this well this quickly. But I'm just curious to see what Joe Ingles looks like. If you can get him in a lineup if you do have Drew Holiday and you've got Chris Milton and you've got Giannis there and then a fifth guy, whether you're, you're big, 
potentially with Brook Lopez. Maybe you go smaller with a guy like Pat. But when you've got threats all over the place, because Joe Ingles is picking defenses apart at the moment with, I wouldn't call them humongous threats. He set up Bobby Portis for an easy layup in a pick and roll scenario today and hit him for a bunch of three-point shots that uh, Bobby just couldn't knock down. So 5.8 assists per game over his last eight. And he's hitting 40.4% from three at 5.6 attempts per game, high volume. We've spoke about the struggles this team has had shooting the three. So do I necessarily want Joe Ingles playing 31 minutes a night right now? I know he didn't play yesterday. I'm also still, as you know how excited I get about Joe Ingles, but I still want to be a little bit cautious. He's only played 10 to 12 games since coming back from the ACL. Take care of this man and make sure he gets to the postseason uh, healthy and feeling good and in good shape because uh, this was the one argument I made about this guy the whole time. And I totally understand it. If people haven't watched a lot of Joe Ingles. You would look at him and say, this guy looks slow. He doesn't look like he's doing anything great, but he's a high IQ guy. He's a lefty, which is a point of difference. We know Drew Holiday can play with a left, but Joe Ingles is different, plays at his own pace. And he's just able to get to his spots. We saw today with the threat of the pass, he was actually able to get to the basket for a few finishes. I saw Eric Name tweeting that he doesn't know what to call those types of finishes, but Joe was great. And I've got some bad news for our man Hayden here who just joined the stream. Is it, is it just Kane? Yes, it's just me talking on this podcast and you've got here a bit late. I'm about to wrap this podcast up. Frank was here for the first 15 minutes. So make sure you go to the start and, and listen. But Drew Holiday, again, is the story of this game for the Bucks. 37 points. As I pointed to, he's averaging 28 over the last five. That game against the Knicks seems to have sparked something in Drew Holiday. His facilitation has been off the charts as well. And his defensive stuff, including a big block late in this game, and his ability to defend without fouling. He was on four fouls early in the third quarter, and it was a dangerous spot for the Bucks to be in. Uh, but you love this win if you're a Bucks fan. Again, it hasn't been perfect defensively, particularly in the two second halves that we've seen with 76 points against the Pacers yesterday and 74 points against uh, tonight against the Toronto Raptors. But, but we'll take it. The second half, the Bucks were able to lock these things down. Now, they don't play until Saturday, so they get a bit of a rest. As we've said, hopefully Giannis is back. Hopefully, Chris Middleton is back. That would be awesome. And the Bucs will take on the Cavs, which has been a fascinating series so far. And the Bucs are up to second in the Eastern Conference after the Nets lost to the San Antonio Spurs tonight. Make sure you check out the Game to Game podcast on your Locked On NBA feed. And you can hear all the local experts from across the network, myself included. If you missed some of the games tonight, you can hear a quick recap and uh, from all around the league. So check out the Game to Game podcast wherever you get your podcast on the Locked On NBA feed. And we're going to wrap it up. The Bucks pick up another win. They're 29-16 and 16 now on the season. And as plenty of people have pointed out, they've done this with a huge amount of injury toll throughout the season. Kind of a random schedule at times as well. Guys just coming back into the lineup. Illness seemingly throughout this camp for the last few months. And it hasn't been perfect. But I still feel pretty optimistic that if this team can get back to full strength, they're going to be there at the business end of the season. And we'll see what they do at the trade deadline. Make sure you send me your thoughts on tonight's game, on all the performances 
and on what the Bucs are doing on the trade deadline, including those reports that the Bucs have at least inquired about Bojan Bogdanovic. Thank you for listening. Subscribe on YouTube or your audio platform, wherever you get your podcasts. Hit the bell. And if we go live, uh, you'll know and you'll be able to jump in the stream as we have had a couple hundred people jump in with us on today's podcast. It was a lot of fun. The Bucks beat the Raptors. We'll be back with a podcast tomorrow. We'll speak to you guys then.